Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky, the stars, for this week, shall we? So we began a conversation last week on Friday about the full moon, which happens this afternoon. My time at 4.56 p.m., 4.55 p.m., I think it was. For those of you on the East Coast, that would be... 7.55 p.m. And for those of you further east into Europe, it will be universal time 11.55 this evening. So we did a lot of chatting about what that full moon was going to look like, what time it was going to be, uh, what the aspects were that were the strongest. And the one I, I kind of gave uh, a rundown of the human design of the Pleiadian Earth energy as we're also starting a new Pleiadian Earth week. Uh, in the Pleiadian Earth calendar. And one of the things we didn't get to go deeper into was the human design aspects of that particular, uh, of the moon. And really, it's almost a late conversation as this is actually going to be the last day of the sun and earth combination in these two gates. But I want to be able to talk about it because it sets us up for where we go next, which is later in the week, I think it's on Wednesday, we end up at the uh, autumn equinox or the spring equinox if you're uh, in the southern hemisphere. And that always represents a changing of the seasons for sure, but it changes the energy as well as we're moving into a new category, if you will, of energy for uh, the next season. And one of the things I used to always do, and I just haven't really offered it uh, to people too much, is that uh, the changing of the seasons is a really good time to get a reading on your transit chart of your astrology or your human design, or as I'm doing nowadays, I'm kind of uh, blending them because it gives you an idea that uh, for what the, the energies are bringing you to for the next three months. So here we are, we're getting ready to move into the fourth quarter of the year. If you can even believe that, right? We're moving into that last quarter of the year. And what is it that we have built up during this year so far because those are the things that are starting to come into fruition now in human design we view this a little bit differently because not only is it the changing of the season but every time we have a change in the season or a quarter turn in the wheel of the year we start that quarter at the gates of love so all of those quarterly beginnings start right in the identity center, which is the yellow diamond or the white diamond, right in the center of your human design. And it gives us the opportunity to embrace loving energy or love energy in a new way. So the gates uh, that we start at the equinoxes and the solstices bring us to the next level at which we'll be entertaining the energy of love. And this particular one that comes in the fall or in the spring, if you're in uh, the Southern Hemisphere, brings us into the love of being grounded in the physical, right? Being embodied. And then also the gate of universal love. So it sees us at this time of year really embracing this idea of being an embodied spirit, right? Being in our bodies, being human, but also recognizing the divine that is within us and then taking steps forward as that divine being, uh, divine grounded human being, right? That's the key here. 
And it's interesting because the seasons here at this time kick off the time period where we start to move through the sun and the earth begin to move, the sun primarily, begins to move through all of the gates on the spleen center. The spleen center has uh, seven gates on it that can also be gates that create paralysis in our lives or fear. When we are in the fear response, we tend to get stuck or caught up, um, can't seem to move forward. And once we begin to take a look at what uh, role fear is playing in our lives, then we can sort of push through and move beyond it. So it's a very powerful gateway that we're getting ready to walk through this week. And that gateway then also sees us becoming embodied divine beings living from that level as opposed to living just from our human uh, self or from uh, any other lower frequency. The potential for us is to live from love. That's the big energy that we're looking at. Now, does that mean that everything's fluffy and white rabbits and, you know, clouds? Uh, no, <laughs> it is a time of turbulence. And nowhere do we see that more clearly than in the days leading up to the fall equinox or spring equinox. And here we are today in the run up to that fall energy or that shift, if you will. And what we see in human design is the uh, sun and the earth at the gates of conflict resolution and crisis resolution. So what we have is a lot of potential for emotional upset, emotional turmoil that is seeking to find a solution. So if you in your own personal life right now are feeling like everything's up in the air, your emotions are all over the place, you're fatigued, you're headachy, you're tired, you're feeling like, oh my God, I can't face another day. <laughs> um, I don't want to get out of bed. That was me this morning. I didn't want to get out of bed. Then you're right in good company because you are moving through what is likely some of the most turbulent energy of the year internally and emotionally in pre preparation for what comes next, which is turning uh, the chapter or the page on the onto the, the last quarter of this year, right? So the calendar year I'm speaking of, not the human design year necessarily. Remember the human design year goes a little bit further on into January before it changes. So this field of energy that we walk into today lasts us until the human design new year. And then, of course, we'll have that conversation in December about what are we looking at for 2022. And I can tell you it's probably going to be a continuation of some of the energy that we're in right now, but in a different way because we'll have added the USA Pluto return to the mix. We're already feeling that, uh, but it becomes a very powerful um, sort of clarion during 2022. So we have some big things ahead of us. So what we do now is uber important, right? Very, very important. All right. So I see a bunch of people checking in with me this morning. It's great to see you all. I want to show you my new tattoo. I got this over the weekend. What you see right in the middle of the dragonfly's body is the semicolon. And the semicolon is the um, symbol, if you will, for suicide awareness and suicide prevention. 
So the tattooist um, was able to take the semicolon, make it the dragonfly's body, and then add the wings. So our whole family, well, I shouldn't say the whole family, but nine of us yesterday went and got varying um, symbols. Some just got the semicolon, some got the dragonfly semicolon. And it was really an interesting experience having all of us, all women, except my husband, Terry. <laughs> he was the only man anchoring the masculine energy for us as we all got these tattoos. So we had kind of a good time together chatting and talking and getting our new tattoos. So uh, let me just say good morning real quickly to everybody else. And then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about this morning and how we're going to work that. Uh, Londa, good morning. JLo, good morning. Daily Spiritual Vlog, good morning. Thank you. I love the tattoo too. Uh, Londa says, so pull the covers up over the head. I don't know that we're going to get away with that one. I mean, how do we conflict resolve and how do we crisis resolve if we're, we're hiding away? I think we're getting called in, called out. Ursula, good morning. Michelle, good morning. But pulling the covers up over the head, Londa, was something I really wanted to do this morning. Mimi, good morning. Judy Wheeler, good morning. Love the dragonfly, she says. Blessings all around to your family, Mimi says. Alaria, good morning to you. Great to see you. And let's see, I know there were people back up here. Carol Grojean, good morning. She says, yes, all over the place and headaches. Yes, and I have never had headaches and I'm not sleeping at all. Yes, all internal. I woke up at one o'clock-ish and I was awake till 3.30 this morning. And I'm laying in bed going, why am I awake? Why am I awake? So I had lots of time to think about the Pisces full moon because the clouds had cleared and I could see the full moon or I could see the light of the full moon. Uh, almost full moon. And uh, I thought about Piscean energy because I was thinking sleep disruption, Pisces energy, and the moon was already in Pisces. So once my mind gets going, then it's I'm in trouble because it'll keep me awake. Christine, good morning to you. Sylvester, hello to you. And TJ, great to see you. Um, this is a podcast. Great. Yep. Yep. You didn't know I did this. Uh, but I do every Monday and Friday. TJ happens to be my husband's twin brother. It's great to see you out there. And Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, good morning to you this morning. And Carol says, when is this agitating energy going to leave me? Well, it's a possibility that some of that begins to shift after today. So looking at tomorrow and into the Wednesday um, changing of the seasons, right? The actual equinox uh, moment. Now, a lot of that has to do with how we are going to greet this energy. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a few minutes. Um, good morning, Corey. I want to say that before I transition over and see lastly, uh, Judy says, I always seem to wake up around 3 a.m. I rarely wake up except to go pee and then come back and go to sleep. But this morning, not the case. I was like, why did my mind was just going 100 miles a minute and thinking about all these different, and I try to focus my mind on things that I want to think about. Uh, sometimes I'm successful at that and other times I'm not so sex sex successful in that. Uh, so Mimi says sleep is all messed up later. She said up later than sleep till later. Oh, yes, I get you. Natasha, good morning to you as well. So here's how we're going to kind of work this this morning. I want to go back to our conversation of the Canadian elections that are up today, because I wanted to show you from based on our conversation of the chart of Canada, 
what the issues seemed to be about. I found this really cool grid that was talking about the issues and I want you to see how they were lined up with what the astrology was. I can't make this stuff up and it was pretty interesting to see that. Then I want to have a conversation about the Pisces full moon or the, the, the moon in Pisces. Let me reframe that. So we all have an idea of what Piscean energy is all about. Then I'm going to shift to the human design energy of today during the full moon. And then I'm going to give you a little bit more information then about where we're headed as the week rolls on. What are the major aspects that we're looking at? Okay. So first, let's do the Canadian elections, shall we? So in just a moment here, I'm going to share my screen with you all. And I know most of you are probably not Canadian, um, but I I found this absolutely interesting to, to look at as part of our look, you know, a few months back, we looked at the United States chart. So let's look at our no nearest neighbor's chart, right? So that made sense. And if you'll remember in the chart of Canada, what we noted was that the sun at the, uh, the day of the elections today was sitting in the sixth house, which is the house of the health of the body or in a Hellenistic chart, which is what we were doing, right? A chart that looks at the, uh, energy of the country, of the people, of the leaders, to see what it is that the, the country itself might be experiencing. We noted the sun was in the sixth house of the chart, which is a house that takes in the health, the medical system, uh, all of the things to do with how the uh, institutions operate. And what's the very first thing here on the sheet, the cheat sheet for 2021 for Canada's elections was about health, right? COVID-19 specifically, and these are the different names of the parties, I guess, that they have that uh, are putting forth um, uh, people uh, to be elected. And the, or, God, my brain just went dead. Anyway, I can't think of the word, but you know what I mean, the people that are going to be elected. And health being the um, first thing on the list. Now, the second thing on the list was indigenous issues. Now, we never really see that as a part of the platforms for our uh, candidates, not, not very often. Yet we have just as many indigenous people here. It's just a difference in how the two countries look at and deal with that aspect of themselves. And you'll remember that I said that this particular country in their birth chart had a Sun-Uranus conjunction. So they're often on the cutting edge of issues. And so even if, you know, they're looking at indigenous issues now, it might take the USA or even other countries around the world uh, another a period of time before they begin to really look at this and make it something important on the ballots. The economy, the, remember in the chart that the transiting Uranus was in the sign of Taurus, which it is for everybody, but in their second house of money and economy and the stability of the economy. Here we have it, the third thing on the list. And then that goes into affordability, taxes, housing. The taxes issue, the housing issue and affordability could be eighth house issues. In, in uh, Canada's chart, they have Saturn in the eighth house and that was being affected by that opposition to Uranus transiting through Taurus. So all in all, what I was seeing is some real coherence in the issues going on in Canada uh, for their election, as well as uh, what we're seeing that's on their, um, 
on their docket for uh, the elections today. I just want to take a quick look back at Canada's chart, which I kept handy. Oh, right. And that was the other thing is that Venus was is in Scorpio transiting across Canada's natal Saturn. So that brings up the issues of national values. And if you look down all of these things, climate change, the health, childcare, affordability, taxes, housing, economy, all of these things have a lot to do with the values. So what I'll see likely as an outcome of the election is the person who most clearly represents the values of the nation being the one who is going to be elected. And likely those values are going to be going back a bit to sort of the established values of the nation, of the nationhood, not so much the values that we see that are so divisive right now, right, that are pulling people apart. This seems to be sort of a referendum about bringing us back together, organizing ourselves, grounding them themselves, ourselves, I think, you know, our nearest neighbor, they help us with these things sometimes, and being able then to uh, create a pathway forward that makes sense for the whole of the country. But remember, we also saw in their chart that there's a distinct division going on, uh, that they had that Gemini uh, moon and 28 degrees Gemini, where the full moon today is at 28 degrees Virgo, or excuse me, Pisces, which puts it in a square or a challenge to the nation's moon. So it's challenging for the people right now because maybe they're feeling a little bit torn, not sure which party or which way, which direction to take. So it means that most people will end up voting by their own personal values. And I have a feeling that that's going to see some changes then in the way, the direction that Canada goes uh, in the near future. Uh, either that or they choose a leader that represents most closely those values or who can keep some sort of continuity, um, which bodes well for the person in power now. I don't know that that's good or not for the country. So I'm not change I'm not making a value statement on the politics here. I'm just showing you how freaking awesome it is to look at the chart of a nation and then who's having an election and then look at because we don't normally get this kind of a cheat sheet that really gives us that idea of what it is that's up for grabs at this point in time. So I hope you guys found that helpful. Um, I always like to do that. I know it can be a little confusing for people because there's so much to the astrology of a, of a chart like that. Uh, but hopefully people got something from that uh, and uh, can learn something about our neighbors to the north. All right, so that's enough for Canada at the moment. Let's take a look then at um, the energy of today's full moon, the, the time before we get to the full moon. So we're dealing, we're grappling with Piscean issues. Now Pisces in a chart represents our creative imagination. It is all about how it is that we can picture things happening. So imagination takes us into the realm, sometimes a fantasy. It takes us into the realm of seeing things into the future so that we can make things happen. So you know how we talk about all the time that uh, certain gates in human design, the gate 41, right, where Saturn is sitting right now, is the gate of imagination. But if everything just stays up in our minds and we never bring it into being, then imagination never takes that step forward into reality. 
So in the beginning, God said, right? So that we have this idea that saying or doing something and the thought processes or the imagination have to come together. And when they do, then magic can happen, right? Manifestation can happen out in the world. So when we're looking at Pisces energy, we're looking at the imagination end of it, not necessarily the grounded end of the energy. Virgo, though, on the opposite side, the exact opposite of Pisces, is the grounded energy of this particular full moon. So the full moon's in the imagination part and the sun at the opposite end in Virgo in the practical get or done part of the chart, right? So we have both sort of at our fingertips right now. But because the full moon is a time of releasing, bringing something into completion, we may have to let go of some aspects of ourselves or of something that we're trying to manifest in order to get it done, to move it forward, to get it out of the realm of imagination and down into reality. And this can sometimes bring up confusion, right? Confusion, which is another part of the Piscean expression. And sleep is also a Pisces thing. And we, all of us, it seems like we're talking about how our sleep was messed up. We're waking up and then not getting back to sleep or we can't fall asleep or many different, you know, feeling sleepy, even though we might have slept all night. So sleep is also a part of the disruption at in especially this particular full moon. But Pisces energy is also the ruler of the joyful states of our being. So ecstasy, bliss, joyfulness, all of that it comes in through Pisces energy and is available for us during this full moon, including universal love, right? The idea of bigger love. And you're going to see when we shift to human design conversation, how universal love becomes the big drumbeat as we move into the fall. We also think of Piscean energy as the uh, psychic and emotional sensitivity that we have. So we may be having more mystical experiences right now, profound dreams filled perhaps with symbol symbology or <clears throat> imagery that is for us to decode in some way to gain meaning from or direction from and emotional sensitivity. This is a, a water sign, right? Pisces is a water sign. And as such, it's very emotional. And that means we have the potential for emotional volatility, for tears one minute and laughter the next, right? So that whole span of emotional expression, including anger and upset or joyful happiness on the other end. So we're swinging perhaps from one and to the other with the pendulum, right? Going back and forth. Here with the mysticalness of Piscean energy, we can also become very aware of what I call the subtle realms, right? The, the spiritual realm, the ones that we can't actually physically feel, taste, touch, or interact with, but that we are very aware that exists. It could be lucid dreaming. It could be conversations and signs with those who have passed on. It could be uh, actual dreams that you have that are of a prophetic nature. So watch that during this full moon period. Um, through most of the day today, you may have access to that, but then even into this evening, um, having 
uh, access to that mystical energy. This is also a time for us to access our higher power. So that means your intuition, right? Your God self, your source self, your universal self, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. It means that we have access to that part of us that is connected to the divine. And in that surrendering, trusting that we're always being guided into the next steps in our lives. Spiritual healing, also a part of the experience that we're having now. Spiritual healing can take many forms through meditation, through yoga, through qigong, through contemplation, through study, um, through walking, right? It can be a physical process of exercise. It could be asking your, your angels or your guides for help, for direction, for guidance on something. It could be search the search for inner peace. It can be many and varied, but the ultimate is about bringing us to spiritual healing. There's also something else interesting that happens in Piscean energy because its natural ruler is the planet Neptune. We have the potential to discover where we have toxic emotions or toxins that are in our environment. And this is a great full moon then to release ourselves from those emotions, from those relationships or people, uh, from the environment, from the foods that we're eating or the water that we're drinking or the things that we're taking in to our physical being that are not healthy for us. But sometimes we're really hesitant to take a look at that. And uh, this is our time, right? Take a look at that, not, not in a judgmental or harsh way, but just as a way to notice how your energy feels when you get around certain people or when you're in a certain environment or even when you're thinking certain thoughts, right? And remembering that who's in charge of your thoughts and your thought processes, it's not some invisible hand out there saying you must think these things and only these things, it's you right? You're thinking your thoughts. And so you always have the power to shift. That's what we have here, the ability to shape shift or to move ourselves from the uh, toxic environment or the toxins and move ourselves to health, right? Pisces, Neptune rule the lymphatic system, strengthening our immune system. Very important right now as we move into, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, the time of the year, the flu season, if you will, or the time where more viruses are around, we're more indoors. So strengthening the immune system, a perfect thing to do. And also seeking out healers, right? Don't forget our healers are also empowered at this point in time. They're empowered to be more intuitive, to be more guided, to help you to heal whatever it is that's going on in your own physical being. All right. Also, unconditional love. Let's take a look at that a little bit bigger or a little bit deeper. Uh, what do I mean by unconditional love? Well, I think we all have a sense of what that means. But unconditional love, according to The Course in Miracles, is the love that we offer without judgment or criticism. It is the suspension of judgment or criticism. It is when we take everybody where they are and we love them nonetheless. It doesn't mean that we're doomed to stay in relationships that are not healthy. It doesn't mean that unconditional love says you stay in, in an abusive relationship. It just says that you suspend your judgment on that person. You don't need to make that person wrong. You don't need to make that person 
um, bad. You just need to take in your own power and take care of yourself and, and offer your own self unconditional love as well as the other person. So suspending judgment. Of course, it's never been in our realm to be the judge, right? It's never been in our realm. That's always been in the realm of the divine human beings. We're here to unconditionally love one another. And that means that everyone equally, right? Without the judgment, suspending that sort of judgment. In that is the energy of forgiveness. Pisces brings us into that forgiveness energy. It brings us into understanding, into compassion, into oneness, and also into that non-judgmental thinking pattern. It's funny because that already came up this morning in a conversation I was having. And I thought it was so interesting because as I'm sitting there writing about, you know, being non-judgmental in my thinking, but also in uh, interacting with people, it was coming up in the words I was choosing to use. And also, I think for some of us, we're not trying to judge necessarily, but the words that we use that are very languaging can sometimes take us into uh, that judgmental sort of of verbiage based on the thinking patterns. So this is a time for tolerance and acceptance, oneness, compassion, love, surrender, all of that. Now, we always deal with the, the negative realm as well, the lower frequency energy, because it can also be alive and well on the planet <laughs> during this time. And the, and the element of uh, low frequency for Pisces is about victim thinking or victim mentality keeping ourselves caught up in the defeatist attitudes or procrastination, uh, panic attacks and anxiety are all symptoms, by the way, that we're in that lower energy field of that victim mentality. Deception, Neptune here brings deception and the, the addictions, and I don't mean just to substances, addictive thinking, addictive behaviors, and disappointment. So we have these low energy patterns. In the body, we already talked about the fact that Pisces and Neptune rule uh, the lymphatic system. So toxins and poisons and things like that in the environment become sources of problems for the physical being. Um, toxins in our own environment or our own uh, experiences in relationships can also be the source of toxins in our own bodies. So we have that. And then as well, Pisces rules the feet, unbelievably, <laughs> the feet. So uh, if you're having issues with your feet, you need grounding, right? The feet ground us to the planet. Neptune being the ruler of Pisces can also upset our grounding. But I also want to share with you that another co-ruler or more traditional ruler of the sign of Pisces is Jupiter. So we also have a very benefic planet on board during this time period for us, right? Taking us into growing our... Uh, broadening our horizon, growing our consciousness. So when we tap into the more positive uh, Piscean expressions, releasing ourselves during this full moon from some of the more negative Piscean themes, we stand to grow, right? To evolve and to broaden uh, our experience here on the planet. Now, today the moon has three main connections that it makes with other planets, one of which is a conjunction to Neptune. Neptune is in Pisces. In fact, that happened early this morning for us. So earlier in the day, the moon came into that conjunction with Neptune, and we were able to maybe become very intuitive. We were probably tapping into more spiritual or higher self energy. And just now, as I drew the chart up this morning, the moon was at 22 degrees of Pisces 
Neptune at 21 degrees. So the moon is already one degree past, still in orb, still being affected by its connection to uh, the planet Neptune. Now, as the day goes on, we move into a sextile uh, to Pluto. Now, for those of you who are kind of new here or don't understand astrology in the same way that I do, when I talk about aspects, a conjunction, a square, an opposition, a sextile, I'm talking about a relationship that the two planets have to one another from a mathematical or mechanical standpoint, but then also from a relationship standpoint. How do they get along? Do they see each other from, I mean, do they see eye to eye? Are they, you know, totally off base with one another and can't communicate? When we're talking a sextile, we're talking about colleagues, a colleague relationship. These two, um, the moon in Pisces and Pluto in Capricorn, while in signs of different qualities, different elements even, they can see sort of each other's point of view. So Pluto as a transformer, and uh, Pisces energy or the moon in Pisces as a mover of our emotional energy can work together to help us transform the negative into the positive, right? The, the, the stuck into the moved. So we have transformation ability and we have the ability to see how that changes our attitudes, which then changes our relationships, but then changes our lives. So that's a very positive energy. And then, of course, later, the biggest aspect of the day, the opposition of the sun and the moon, which we call the full moon, right? So we have that later on in the day. All right, I'm going to take a look at the chat, see if we have questions or anything. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, she says she's not able to see me or hear me, but the chat is working. That's very odd. <laughs> that is very odd. I hope it's not something on my end. I haven't seen any other comments like that, Kathleen. Maybe you just need to go out and come back in. Uh, Sylvester says, thank you, Mimi. So Mimi, you must have been having a conversation. Uh, Corey says, I had a dream last night that my book sales went through the roof. I really, really hope that's prophetic. Um, and by the way, Corey is uh, an author of uh, what is going to be a series of children's books. And uh, Corey, I wish I should have you on the show one morning uh, if you're open to that so that you can share these are, I feel called to her books because it's about a grandmother and a relationship with her granddaughter and the journeys they take. The first book that I think is out and available now, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, is about a grandmother and granddaughter's trip to Egypt, ancient Egypt. So there's history and there's geography and there's all these fun historical context things in, in the book. Uh, so I think it's uh, excellent. Um, and Judy says, awesome. Um, Mimi says, Sylvester, sleep can also be healing as you prepare for your treatments. Yes, indeed. Very much so. You guys, I'm going to have to switch to my headset because apparently the neighbors are having something going on in their yard and it's going to annoy me tremendously. All right, let me see. I'm going to have to switch my... Can you guys hear me? Can somebody just reach out and say that you can hear me? Thumbs up is working. <laughs> um, uh, ha, I had a dream. JLo says some chubby little old man was giving me a fat little baby toad. 
Uh, okay, great. Thank you guys for telling me that you can hear me because when you change mics, sometimes you can't get heard. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out how to change the settings. So thankfully, it just did it on its own. Uh, okay, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, so that takes us into Pisces energy. So now we're looking at what is the human design going to be about this? And I'm going to share my screen again, uh, because I wanted to show you a couple of different things about that. So one moment here while I switch over. And TJ wants me to say a shout out to those listening in Long Beach, California. Hello, Long Beach crew. It's good to have you all joining me either in podcast, which you can hear at any time after the show ends, or uh, the podcast this morning, the broadcast each Monday and Friday is available on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Living Astrology. And it's also available on my Facebook business page, Living Astrology. So there you have it, many different ways in which you can find me on Mondays and on Fridays. Uh, so what you should be looking at right now is a human design chart. And I wanted to you to note that the powerful energy for the full moon and for the day is sitting on the solar plexus or the emotional center. So the emotional center, as all of you know, is the center right now that is also up for mutation. We are becoming more emotionally intelligent. And when I say that, it isn't that we are letting go of our minds or that we have been emotionally, uh, well, we have been emotionally unintelligent. I'm trying to find a very <laughs> cautious way of saying that. Um, but it's hard to say that we have been emotionally intelligent when we have not, right? We as a species are fairly new to the emotional center. The emotional center literally is one of the newer uh, energies that with that human beings, not that we haven't had access to emotions, but that it's becoming a power source in our design, where we are learning through the uh, repercussions of reaction energy, right, the knee jerk reactions and how that upsets our relationships, blows up our lives, um, that impulsive energy that can really create havoc, crisis in our lives has been a problem on the planet. And it's our emotional reaction that has created wars, that has created dysfunction in everyday life. What we're aiming for is emotional response. And emotional response occurs when we take a moment, but a breath even, between what's happened or what's triggered us and what we do in response. So if I'm going to take them, if someone's going to piss me off and call me names, and I'm just going to turn around and punch, punch them for it, that's emotional reaction. And that leads to trouble, right? Somebody's going to get arrested, or there's going to be more damage done to the relationship. Where if I had just taken a moment to breathe, deep breath in, let it out, giving myself a moment to respond, I might say instead, I see that you're having an upset. I'm going to walk away. Let's chat later, right? So the response diffuses the situation. But so many times we are all falling victim to that emotional volatility. And that's what's beginning to really change. It is, we can see the effect, the negative repercussions of all of that emotional volatility on the planet. And uh, by 2027, when this solar plexus mutation occurs, this being the solar plexus here, this changes our 
ability to use emotional energy and we become more able to use this energy as a calibration energy, one that helps us align with our heart and our mind instead of being in reaction to uh, what is happening in our hearts or in our minds. So it is the source of power that we are as humanity are moving toward. Now, this, to be sure, is not a quick, like one day in 2027, this all changes. This will become a 400-year process of our becoming as human beings more and more emotionally intelligent. But for all of us alive on the planet now, we're the ones that have to start that process. We're the ones that will lay the template for how that's going to look as time goes on. So when we look at the emotional solar plexus then at this full moon and for the movement from the full moon to uh, into the fall or into the uh, equinox energies, what we see is our two gates are here on the emotional center with the sun at the gate six. I hope you can see my little mouse cursor here moving around. The gate six is called the gate of conflict resolution. It is a gate that seeks peace through relationships, but can also create war within relationships. So it's about how our presence, our emotional attitude, our, our physical attitudes, how we, you know, position our bodies, tell, uh, can either calm or inflame a situation that we might be facing. So if you go in to a confrontation that you have to have with someone loaded for bear, so to speak, right, angry, upset, you know, arms crossed, kind of body forward, kind of angling out this energy of anger or upset, then what happens with the sun at gate six is that you get that response back and more. Right. So it happens to be that this is very aura busting energy. So your demeanor, your attitude, your presence breaks into another person's energy and causes that person to become like you. So it, it becomes a mirror. If you go in peacefully into a situation, you're going to get that mirrored back to you. If you go in angry into a situation, you're going to get that mirrored back to you. So we either have the ability right now to be a peacemaker or to be a pot stirrer, right? So we can either choose to make it a more lovely experience with one another, even in a difficult conversation, right? We can have a difficult conversation with one another based in love energy and not anger, right? I'm not saying don't feel anger, right? We, I'm not going to take that away from you. You can't. But if we breathe before we respond to that, what that anger is bringing up for us, then we can become responsible. Responsibility is ours for how we show up in our relationships. So the energy of the sun at the gate six during the full moon is about bringing clarity to emotional situations that we find ourselves in with one another, with the world at large, between, you know, peoples, between tribes or communities even. And the best pathway then in this energy is to seek compromise, right? To, to seek a win-win, not a lose-win or a win-lose, right? We don't want that. Now, interestingly enough, this has impact. This gate has impact on the pH balance in our bodies. So if you're, uh, Londa this morning looked at the picture of my um, my tattoo and she said, oh, and drink a lot of water because you're dehydrated because 
literally I was, I sat in the tattoo place for five hours and drank one, you know, maybe six ounces of water the whole time. And I'm usually down 40 ounces or so by that point in the day. Um, and I was feeling dehydrated. Well, if we become dehydrated, then we don't have the ability to really go through the emotional energy with clarity, right? Our pH balance gets upset toward the acidic side. And if we are on the other side, we are more alkaline. And I'm, you know, what, the, what we're aiming for is a balance here. So our emotional energy then is also at the effect of our pH, right? So if you're eating a bunch of bad foods or drinking a bunch of acidy Cokes uh, or colas, um, you're upsetting the pH balance in your body. And right now that might not be such a good thing, right? So trying to keep our pH in uh, that normal or neutral range, that helps us to keep our emotions in a neutral range as well. It's right like art imitating life, only this is uh, our emotions imitating what's going on in our body, or our body imitating what's going on in our emotions. So what we want are clear feelings. That helps us maintain a clear environment and clear relationships, right? Being clean in your relationships. Unclear feelings or volatile feelings makes for volatile relationships or trouble on the horizon between us and other people. Then the uh, moon. The moon and the earth are over here at the gate 36. And the gate 36 is about crisis resolution. This is an energy of tests. It's almost like, a, I, sometimes I think it comes from boredom or a restlessness that we're feeling. Like we don't know what to do with this energy that we're feeling within us. So we go out and we poke the bear right? Or we try to, you know, we, we we take a situation that's already been solved, and we lift up the rock and look under it and find a whole nother, you know, thing um, out there that we have to deal with. And sometimes it's best to leave the rock in place. Sometimes it's best not to poke the bear. <laughs> and yet, this 36 energy wants to do just that. And the energy of the gate 36 can really be about the experiences we have in the field of emotions. And how do we want those emotional energies to look like? How do we want to feel in our relationships? How do we use that energy of restlessness or boredom or uh, not, you know, that, that I call it scritchy. That's one of my favorite words, scritchy feeling. It's just that irritated scratchy, scritchy feeling, right, that we have, we don't know which way to go. It's like all your nerve endings are sort of on fire. And we have the choice of whether we're going to go and push something to happen. Or are we going to hold the space and just allow breathe, get to meditation or yoga or exercise or something that's going to help us shift that energy before we jump out and do something that we might regret later. So 36 is the trigger, if you will, to some of the volatility, but it can also be the trigger to transformation in our lives if we allow it to have that role instead of just doing things out of a sense of boredom or restlessness. So now that is how we end this particular time period with the full moon. It is also how we end the second, uh, the, the second, the third quarter, excuse me, of this year. And now we are looking at what comes next. Well, what comes next is as soon as we finish with the full moon, because remember, the full moon is going to be at 28 degrees Pisces, we only have another couple of hours of that energy before it shifts into Aries energy. 
because Pisces moves to Aries. And that begins the shift for us into the fall equinox, which happens to land at the gate 46, which is where the sun will be, and the gate 25, where the earth will be. These two gates are gates of love. This whole center, remember, is a center of love energy. When it becomes defined, which for some of you, this the placement of the sun and earth at these two gates is going to define the identity center. And you're going to become more giving, loving in your energy field. When the define, when this center, the identity center is colored in, it's called defined. And for those of you who might be new or who have gotten lost a little bit in what I'm talking about here, go to my website, www.living-astrology.com. Request your free astrology or human design or both charts right? You can get those for free. They come with reports that will help you orient yourself to this uh, conversation. Don't give up on it just because you don't understand it. It's not that it's that complex. It's that it's just new, right? It's new to you. So go get the chart, go get your free report, and then uh, follow along with us in the mornings as you are able then to learn more about this. So the main thrust of the conversation here then is that the gate 46 and the gate 25 bring up the potential for love. So for the next four or five days after um, to, uh, after the full moon, we have this access to the question, how can I be the embodiment of love? How can I embody more and more love? That might mean loving my body more and more, taking better care of my physical being, if you're someone who spends a lot of time out there in the ethers, maybe it's time to be more present and more fully in your physical being. Loving the body, the temple of the spirit, the temple of your soul, the temple of your divine connection, right? So it brings that focus into play. Then the earth challenges us because the earth always is the planet. We don't, we don't always use earth in astrology, but in human design, it's a prominent player. And the player is your feet are grounded on the earth. So the earth brings up the challenge that we have in order to be the embodiment of spirit. We have to know what universal love is. We have to know, we have to know that love is the big energy of the universe. It isn't hate. It isn't unrest. It isn't ugliness. It isn't strife. It isn't conspiracy theories. It isn't division. It isn't upset and disappointment. It's love. Love is the defining energy of the planet, of you, you as a being. All of those other things that we just spoke about are all part of the fear field or part of the shadow field. Now, Interestingly enough, we have these four or five days to focus on love energy before the earth and the sun begin to, to trigger fear, <laughs> as then all of the gates of this center, the spleen, all double as fear energies. So as we start to move into the last week of September, and all through the month of October and the first week of, of November, the sun is going to be going through the spleen highlighting the potential for where we have fear hidden in our reactions, in uh, our, our world, in, and in our own personal um, responsibility in the world. So that's coming, but you're already feeling it. You're already feeling it because Mercury is there and Venus is there. And for literally the next several weeks, Mars is going to be there. 
And then finally, the sun is going to show up there. So we are really almost hyper-focused right now on what fear is doing to us personally and also to as to what it's doing to us in a world, in our world, at, on the planet. And if we wish and hope to become galactic citizens at some point in our history, we need to learn how to release the shadow energies because no civ- uh, no higher civilization is going to want to embrace a, a, a people who have not even figured out how to be peaceful with one another yet, right? So we, we have a lot at stake. There's a lot changing. There's a lot of responsibility on each one of our shoulders. It isn't going to be our politicians that change the world. It isn't going to be our religious leaders that change the world. It's going to be each of us as individuals that change the world. And we change that world by becoming more loving. And every time we come to the gates of love, we have that opportunity to take that in, to look at how is love impacting us or how is the opposite of love impacting us? How is fear impacting us? And we get to make changes. So it's a huge opportunity and it is right around the corner. It is coming this week, right? Coming to you this week. All right. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen, go back to the conversation window. Um, so snarky humor Mimi says 36 can feel like someone is standing on my last nerve. I will wish said person enlightenment and step away. I even use that phrase. Let's see, it was Saturday night. So yeah, Saturday. We all were gathered at my daughter's house. This was the weekend we were supposed to go to the races and Bailey Brian's stepdaughter was going to get to do a memorial lap carrying an American flag, which was something Brian loved and uh, as a, a, a memoriam to him. And unfortunately, they race on a clay track and it had just poured rain and they couldn't dry the track out enough to be able to do that. So they got the races got canceled. So instead, we gathered as a family at my daughter's house and we played the transformation game, which is always fun. That game is amazing. It's mystical. It's magical. So we got to play that game. And that was one of the things that kept coming uh, about uh, for us as the last nerve, right? Everybody's sort of on the last nerve, but in different ways, like something, you know, whatever it is that has been the trigger, it could be a situation, it could be a relationship, it could be the world at large, it could be your health, it could be your finances, whatever it is that has you on your last nerve, it's time to release that uh, through the fear that you might be feeling around it and just become more loving. That's the way to do this, becoming more loving. I know that sounds sort of simplistic, but it's really the truth. The more loving you are, the less space there is within you for fear and for the shadow energy, for anger, for hate, for disruption, all of that. So thanks for the humor though, Mimi. (laughs) Um, Sylvester says, my spleen is defined. Now, Uh, Some of you have that defined spleen, which the spleen is the center for time, intuition, health, and it's survival energy. And, uh, or is it, it is, it's survival energy. It's done its job. It's kept humanity alive. But what we want to do by releasing fear is to become more thriving and flourishing, right? We want to thrive. We want to flourish. We don't want to just survive. We've done that right? We've done that. So what becomes very obvious then is the need for us to move through the shadow energies. So the shadow field of energy happens in the spleen. 
So the spleen, when it's defined, has a very definite way of approaching fear or approaching survival. And I'm not going to say that's good or bad. It just means that if you find yourself in a situation where you're stuck, where you're caught up and you can't make change, it's likely owing to the definition in your spleen. And you might have to really take a look at yourself from a different viewpoint so that you can release yourself from shadow energies. If you have an open spleen, if it's open in your chart, it's going to be white. And the spleen, let's see, do I have a human design chart sitting in front of me? Yes. Let me show it to you in a picture here. If you're looking at a human design chart, the spleen is the one that is over at the bottom uh, left side. So if you're looking at it, it's on right now in this pic. Yeah, it's the bottom left. It's right here, right? So that's where the spleen is. If it's colored in, it's going to be this goldish brown color. It would call We call that defined. If it is open, it's going to be white and just white. It means you might have some gates hanging off of that, but it's not going to be colored in. So that means you're someone who's taking in the shadow or fear energy from the people around you or from the transiting planets. And remember, I just said those transiting planets are highlighting all of those. And it's all the inner planets that are highlighting this. So it's personal to you and personal to me. Then you're going to take that energy in amplify it and rebroadcast it. So you may become more fearful even than the people who have it defined because it's not your energy. You're taking it in from those people around you. So watch out for that, right? Watch out. Um, you can take it in and you can use that energy temporarily to help you see where you have maybe some hidden fear or where there's people around you that maybe have some fear. And then you can work to apply love to the fear to release yourself. Love is the only antidote that we have to all of those fear energies of the spleen. More and more love, more and more consciousness, right? Conscious awareness of love's impact as opposed to the fear impact. I hope that helps. Uh, JLo says, you got this, Sylvester, blending all together. I love it. Uh, so, um, going back and seeing if there's any other questions. Kathleen says, I'm so sad a friend died and it's beyond sad. I feel so much closer to him or his absence is compelling. So sorry to hear that, Kathleen. Um, it just seems like that's another uh, trigger um, on the planet right now. Um, over the weekend, my sister lost her grandson to a heroin overdose. Um, I lost uh, my my. Uh, niece lost her husband to COVID. And of course, I lost my son earlier this summer. People are, and I mean, every one of you, I guarantee it has lost someone or knows someone who's lost someone close. So that's another thing that we're wading through on the planet right now is our collective grief over the people that we've lost personally, over the people we love who have lost people personally. Um, it's it's difficult and it makes doing our own personal work a little more difficult, right? It's hard to do that through sadness. It's hard to do that through crying, through tears, through uh, the upset, but we must, right? We must. And I feel like, you know, people are leaving the planet to prepare for an influx of new souls as the planet evolves to the next level. So I, I prefer to look at it that way instead of it being senseless death. It's more like there's a reason and a purpose to this. And um, maybe it's all about a next batch of souls 
having come through the experience on planet Earth, elevating to the next level, coming in to help the whole planet evolve to the fifth dimension, if you will, or the next level. Okay, so let me make sure I ran through everything that I wanted to do. We talked about Canada, we talked about the moon in Pisces, the full moon, the sun and the earth at the gate six and 36, and then the move to 46 to 25. Awesome, we did it. Uh, lastly, what I'd like to do is pull a card for us for um, the full moon, but also for the week. So let's make it in general. We're gonna make it a um, spirit animal, and I think I'm going to pull a galactic card for us to see how is it that we can move to the next level. But I love to pull the animals, as you know, because I love the animal spirits. They're great teachers for us all. And uh, yeah, so let's see what card. I remember when I first got this deck, I kept pulling like five times in a row. I picked the dragonfly, which is partly why I ended up with the dragonfly tattoo on this arm, right? This this tattoo. And then I realized it happened to be the model of the Gene Key 55, right? The shadow of which is uh, victim energy and the gift level is freedom. So I prefer to think now of the dragonfly as how we can become free. Uh, what I've pulled is Coyote Spirit, and Coyote Spirit says, trust in divine detours. The card was upside down, which means it's a protection message. The number is 16, which is a seven, so she has a highly spiritual message for us. Coyote Spirit, trust in divine detours. All right, let's see what that means for us all. 16. And the Oracle's message and protection says, sometimes a goal is so enticing and alluring that you lose your footing in the pursuit. You begin to fixate on capturing this prize, whether it be an opportunity you have always wanted, a relationship with that elusive someone, or the promise of that big break. Coyote Spirit warns you that this trickster energy seducing you now will yield nothing but disappointment and unnecessary heartache if you let yourself be fooled. Great Spirit wants the best for you, so when your plans go topsy-turvy, know that Coyote Spirit is present to protect and bless you. Listen to her gentle warning not to take the world too seriously or become too attached to the form and timing of your desire. Something better is beckoning. If you learn your lessons and lighten your heart, it will not be long before you see that crooked, though the path may have been, you were on the right one all along. I love it. Coyote, coyote, coyote. Uh, okay, now let's pull a Galactic Heritage card. This is the deck by Lissa Royal Holt, the Galactic Heritage cards. These have a little bit longer message for us, but I always find it a deeply satisfying sort of message helps us to see how it is that we could become more grown-up human beings in the galactic sense, right? How could we grow and evolve? What must we do in order to become galactic citizens? Uh, force of Attraction, and that is card 106, and it is Orion Light. And underneath it, it says the future. So there's something powerful here for our future. 106 is also a seven. So we have the message of the number seven, which is about going deeper, right? Being more spiritual, um, being more in um, 
the self-reflection and self-learning. So Orion Light, the natural state of existence is balance. It takes more energy to sustain a state of imbalance than to surrender to balance. Balance is a state of integration where all parts of self are aligned and at one. The Orion Light represents this integrated state. There's a force of attraction that guides us back to this state, and it can be felt on subtle levels. We can tune into this force when we are silent and empty. This card asks you to move to your next level of growth by emptying yourself often in meditation. Learn to feel this subtle force of attraction that guides you to the state of ultimate balance within you. The last cards of this deck access the energy called the Orion Light, which connects to a very evolved era in Orion's history. Since our natural state is as a unified being, there are universal forces that pull us toward integration and awakening, no matter how much we resist. When we resist this natural flow, we sometimes create accidents or seemingly negative circumstances to force us to move in the direction we need to go for the highest good. When we relax and trust in the flow of the universe, we are intuitively pulled toward the choices and circumstances that foster our evolution. Thus, we are always nurtured by creation, even when it doesn't seem that way. If we pulled this card, it can have several meanings. It could mean that we have a good ability to follow this flow and to continue to trust in it. Or it may mean that we are resisting this flow and this resistance is creating undesirable or painful circumstances in our lives. If so, some serious inner work is needed to reconnect you with the wisdom of the universe that you don't feel capable of accessing. You must create inner stillness in order to sense this flow of energy that gently nudges you toward integration and transformation. The chaos of outer circumstances is just a reflection of inner chaos. Don't be distracted by the outer chaos if it manifests in your life. Go within and reconnect with this flow, the natural force of attraction that always nudges you toward awakening. Force of attraction. Card 106. Orion Light and Coyote. Great guides for us as we go through the full moon window and into the week's energy. All right, that is it for me this morning. Just a quick reminder on Friday, um, I will have Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith with me. They're the creators, of course, of the Pleiadian Earth Energy Calendar. I'm looking forward to reconnecting with them. I haven't really seen them since June, so I'm going to be really excited to catch up with them, and I hope you'll join me 8 o'clock right here. Um, if you have not done so yet, please thumbs up the video if you're on YouTube and share it with your friends. And thank you so much for being here and being a part of my life. Mwah! Much love to all of you. Have a great day.